Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Outspoken. Um, Today, uh, I've been waiting for quite a while to share this topic with you guys. Um, So go ahead and grab a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, and just sit back and relax and let's have this discussion. So today we are going to be discussing the importance of teaching children history. Um, it's been something that I feel has been lacking recently, and, you know, it's it's evident that it's been lacking with the cancel culture and the political correctness that has gotten so far out of control, it's not even funny, um, but we'll get to some of that in just a minute. Um, but it, it's important to teach children history as it happened, as it says in the history books, um, not as you want it to be, not necessarily your interpretation of history or a historical figure or a historical event. It's important to teach them as it happened, um, and so that we can, we can learn from it. There's a very good quote that's been around for a long time that's, um, Those who do not study history, those who do not uh, learn from history, are doomed to repeat it. Those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Because you won't make those connections between what's happened before and what's been done before that maybe didn't work so well. And what's happening today. You won't recognize the repeat of the the, um, path that you may be going down or that society may be going down that may not be all that good. Sometimes it could be good, but you won't recognize it when it may not be all that good. So it's important not just to teach American history, but world history as well. And not only teaching them history in school, but at home as well. It's important for parents to teach their children history at home. Um, back in my day when, uh, we were going to school, we started every day with the Pledge of Allegiance. We would stand up at our desk and face the American flag that was in the corner with our hands over our hearts and say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. We said that every morning at school. And then we would turn to the other side of the room and face the Christian flag. I went to a Christian school for a little while and say the Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag. Um, and today, it's, it is somehow deemed inappropriate for... Americans to pledge to be faithful to America. I don't get that. Even as they stand on American soil, it is deemed inappropriate for them to pledge to be faithful to America. Schools don't often say the Pledge of Allegiance today. I believe, personally, I believe that every day in any school across America, should begin with the Pledge of Allegiance, the basic um, 
what's the word I'm looking here for? Um, the basic acknowledgement and um, reverence of the country that you're currently in. Basic. That's basic. That should just that should just happen, in my opinion. Children should learn the Pledge of Allegiance and take it to heart one day. They'll take it to heart one day if they learn it at a young age. So I believe it's very important to do that. And some people see that as indoctrination. Some people see that as obsolete. So you know, in any other form of um ridiculousness that that you can think of where someone would come up with an excuse to omit the saying of the pledge of allegiance of allegiance in school at the beginning of the day but i i digress a little bit there it's tragic to me that we have a generation who now can't even be bothered to be the least bit proud of their country that is the generation that we are looking at, and that is the generation that we've got. They can't even um, bring themselves to to be proud of this country, to stand up for this country, to be willing to serve this country. Now, serving this country does not have to be going off to war. It does not have to be combat. Serving your country can be something as little as helping out in a school, helping out with a 4-H or FFA program, supporting your local farmers or farmers market, supporting your local police department. It can be little things in your community that can help your community, which will expand to, com to helping your country. But we have a generation that doesn't even think about that, that doesn't know why they should even do that. And that's that's really tragic. But what I really want to bring to you today is the importance and the necessity of teaching children and young adults history. Today we have a lot of cancel culture going on. Um, the best definition of cancel culture that I have found um, comes from uh, dictionary.com, which says, Cancel culture refers to the popular practice of withdrawing support for public figures and companies after they have done or said something considered objectionable or offensive. Considered objectionable or offensive. Not necessarily for sure objectionable or offensive. Cancel culture is generally discussed as being performed on social media in the form of group shaming. And later in the article, they just nail it by saying canceling has become a way of rejecting anyone you disagree with or someone who did something you didn't like. That people um, didn't get a second chance and that social media is too quick to pile on and police increasingly high standards of political correctness. So in a nutshell, it's a systematic and intentional ruin of people's lives by simply, uh, uh, simply because they voice their opinion and their opinion happens to be different than yours. It's condemning someone for being different than you are 
without even trying to understand them. Cancel culture is the hell child of political correctness, plain and simple. And it's the epitome of showing just how juvenile and narrow-minded we have allowed ourselves to become. Well, what does all this have to do with history and teaching history to children? Well, most of the subjects that cause people to get canceled have to do with differing political and historical views, such as speaking out against reparations, what constitutes legal versus legal immigration, regarding versus disregarding the Constitution, or or even wearing one's hair a certain way. I'm speaking, of course, about um, Adele being canceled and shamed for wearing her hair in a certain style that is more common to women in Africa, even though she's a beautiful white woman and she was told she had no right to appropriate the African culture by wearing her hair in the way that she did. She wore, like, Bantu knots one day or something in her hair. Absolutely gorgeous women. But they took it way too far, and they took offense at something that wasn't offensive. So, I guess now we have to consult the media before we do our hair in the morning? I I don't know. But that is to say... We can toughen the skin of the next generation by teaching them that whether they like it or not, the facts are the facts. As brutal and disturbing and as uncomfortable as the facts may be, history is not about whether the Founding Fathers were slave-owning racists or not, or whether we agree with their standards or not. History is about teaching the events that occurred and results or consequences of those events as it happened as the history books say because that's what we've been told that's all we have to go on these people um you know those who wrote the history books and those who contributed to history and history books gave us the information that they had And we have to, you know, make of it what we will, but pass that on. Um, Conflicting uh, circumstances, you know, are a little bit different because that's something where you have to say, "Mm, this account of this same event doesn't necessarily corroborate with this person's account of the same event. But even then, even then, you can't always um, write it off because history and even the, the telling of a story or even the perception of a story, I believe, can be influenced by things as, um, as minuscule as where someone may have even been standing in a room. It doesn't mean that the event didn't happen. It doesn't mean that the two people are lying or trying to contradict each other. It simply means that little things or, or big things like historical events and accounts of events, historical or otherwise, can be influenced by something as simple as maybe even where someone was standing in a room can affect how they see an event. Um... So, but for reasons unknown to me, there are people today 
who don't believe that the Jewish Holocaust ever happened. This is, and I'm just using this as an example. Um, they don't believe that it ever happened. They don't believe that um, six million people were killed wholesale, and that the gas chambers were used to kill people, and that um, the concentration camps were built for you know the 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 Jews and and things like that. They don't believe either all of it or there are certain parts of it that they may not believe, but it happened. And the idea is so utterly ignorant to me that I can't even begin to understand. There, There's evidence. There are eyewitnesses. There are people who lived through it. I know for a fact that there are still, believe it or not, people alive today who survived the Holocaust. There are older men and women today who can tell you about the exact moment that they were confined to the ghettos or sent to the concentration camps on the cattle cars of a train. And I have seen uh, a video of an old man who was a Nazi soldier who thought he was doing the right thing until he saw babies being thrown alive into furnaces. And then he realized, of course, that this had, this had become about the wholesale murder of an entire race. And he realized how horrendous, uh, how horrendous of a thing he was participating in. That is to say, of course, not all Germans were Nazis. But even with people who, though they may be old and advanced in years, can still tell you about it. It didn't happen that long ago. So, to me, the fact that, that people don't believe that it happened when there are eyewitnesses, people who lived through it, irrefutable evidence, and people who can bring to you irrefutable evidence is ignorant. Um, so, if you are, and, and that's where um, teaching it as it is and as it happened, it's a, it's, it's a sad thought. It's a horrendous thought. There were some awful, awful things that happened during that time period. But it happened, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and that's what I mean by toughening the skin of the next generation. People choose not to believe things like that happened because it was so horrible and because it's so terrible to think about that they just write it off. It's easier to write it off Pretend it never happened and sort of make yourself distant from it and make yourself feel better, if you will, by distancing your, yourself from it than, than opening yourself up to the idea that, yes, this was horrible and, yes, this was an awful thing that happened, but, A, it's over, and, B, I can make sure that it never happens again by educating myself about it. That's the important thing. So, if you are a parent with a school-aged child, they need to have a basic knowledge of American and world history. This may or may not be a very good analogy, but um, at some point or another, every child asks uh, mom and dad, where do babies come from? <laughs> you know, they'll sit... They'll, they'll walk up to their mom or dad one day, every young child will do this, and they'll say, 
where do I come from or where do babies come from? And it's, you know, TV shows and, and things like that sort of make it a comical, uncomfortable situation because the child will walk up to their mom or dad with a bunch of other people around and, and ask that sort of question and say, oh, I thought you told me this or whatever. And and we've, I think we've turned that into a comical, embarrassing question. Um, but be that as it may, it's your duty to take your child uh, as a as a parent. It's your duty to take your child on your knee on a regular basis. Crack open a history book, literally, and say, sweetie, let me tell you where America comes from. Again, that may not be a very good parallel, but it's important to say, this is where we come from, sweetie. This is how America got started. This is why we are where we are today. Tell them about the revolution, the civil war. Acquaint yourself with the reasons that the founding fathers gave to the King of Britain in the Declaration of Independence for leaving England and tell your children about it so that they can make connections as adults to what is happening in their country. Because we are, in some ways, beginning to see a repeat of the grievances brought against the king. And that, that's that's another uh, situation. But it's I, I don't have children yet, but I, I remember my dad at a young age when I was very young. My dad was eager that we should learn history. We did go to school, like I said at the beginning of the episode. We, we did, um, my sister and I did spend time in a... Uh, Christian school with other with other kids and in a classroom with teachers Um, but as we hit middle school my parents decided that it was better for us to um, be pulled out and homeschool and while we were homeschooled I remember my dad saying you need to know this so that you can see it when it happens again Um, because I would say why 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 are we even bothering, Dad? These are people who are long dead, who have no power, no ability to do anything today. Well, no, they don't. And yes, they are dead. But look at what they warned us about. Look at what they told us we should be doing. You know, make those, allow your children to see that and and make those parallels. Um, and informed people are their government's worst nightmare. And uh, Adolf Hitler said, To conquer a people, you must first disarm its citizens. Now, he, you know, took guns away um, and, and things like that. He, uh, the Jews that were in the ghettos uh, and, and other places, eventually... Um, wore a symbol on their clothing. I believe it was something like the Star of David, but they wore a symbol on their clothing. He encouraged to to identify them as Jews. They had to do that. Book burnings happened, and and all sorts of other things. But and he didn't mean 
disarming them by simply taking away their weapons or what weapons they had um, and rendering them defenseless, he burned their books, took away their history, their literature, and tried to strip their identity in an attempt to render them illiterate. Disarmament, if that's, if that's a word, disarming them by rendering them illiterate, wiping out their past and their memory of the past and their ability to reference the past and starting, <clears throat> starting from scratch. That is one of the ways that he um, attempted to, to control and break down to build up in his own in his own way. So an informed people are their government's worst nightmare. A minute ago I mentioned exposing your children to history books. So let me give you an idea of some good ones to start with. These are all books that um, my dad has. And I have not read all the way through all of these, but I have read most of, you know, most of the way through. I have, I have spent time flipping through these books and, and looking at them and reading them. So, um, one is called John Adams by, um, David McAuliffe. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his last name, but it's called John Adams. And it's a biography about John Adams and his wife and his children. Um, his views on, uh, you know, his, his standing in politics and the wars and things like that, um, speaks about, uh, his presidency and before, I believe. Um, another one is The American Revolution, a visual history by D.K. Smithsonian. Um, it's a picture book. It includes eyewitness accounts of events, some biographies, focuses on events that took place during the 1770s and 1780s. So you will have the revolution of 1776. You will have um, things like that in there. Again, it is a picture book, so it may be um, even a little bit more interesting to young kids. Um, another one is called Lincoln by Philip B. Coonhart and Peter W. Coonhart. It is an illustrated biography on Lincoln's life, how he brought us through the Civil War, the Emancipation Proclamation, his assassination, his time as president, and things like that. These are all um, pretty big books, um, very thick and full of information, but they're good. You know, you can, you can read your, your child is not probably going to be able to, um, read in such a way, especially a young child is probably not going to be able to read these books in such a way that makes sense to them, but you can read the books to them or you can read the books yourself and, um, and reiterate the the um, stories and things and accounts told in such a way that your child could understand them. So those are some good ones to start with. There's a whole bunch of them out there. Those are just three of tons and tons and tons. Um, the American Revolution one, I think I actually got at Costco. <laughs> um, I was walking through and I saw it and I flipped through it a little bit and I was like, I gotta have this one. So I think I actually got that one at Costco. So you might be able to find it there, but, um, expose your children to it. Let them see, let them be curious, let them wonder, 
um, what they're about, you know, thing, things like that. Um, if the kiddos that you have are middle school age and up, I highly recommend that you show them the John Adams series. Um, it's, it's a movie TV series, and this is a series that is quite graphic in nature, so be aware that of that, but it is historically accurate as far as I can tell. Um, and what I mean by graphic is there are, um, you know, scenes of peril, scenes of war, scenes of, uh, you know, medical intervention, things like that. So it is quite graphic, um, but still, show, show your kids it. it. I watched it in middle school, um, and we borrowed this, the series from one of my sisters, and it, again, it was it was incredible. I would read in my history lesson for that day and study about the Boston Tea Party or George Washington being sworn in as the first president of the United States. And then that night, we would watch a couple episodes of John Adams and watch it happening. We would literally, this is no joke, I would read about it and it just happened that we started it all at the same time, all at just the right time. I would literally read about it and then go and watch it. I read about the revolution and then I went and watched it. And I actually think that's kind of where it starts is with the Revolutionary War. Um, so show your children John Adams. It, it made the history books leap off the page. And I urge you to show the series to your your middle school and older children. Kids who learn to appreciate history at a young age will be more aware of their surroundings and they will learn to make connections between past events and current events and how those events can affect the future. They may even learn problem-solving skills. Well, in this situation, this person tried this solution to this problem and it worked. Maybe if I try that, it'll work. Or, you know, the flip side of that is, mm, this person didn't do so well in that situation, so maybe I shouldn't try that um, solution. Things like that. That's a little bit more of a different, um, perhaps far-fetched approach, but it's all about, I I'm trying to stress the importance of... Uh, referencing the past and learning from the past to guide the future and the present. So, um, children who learn from history also can dis discover their identity. Not necessarily their identity as an individual, although it could be part of that, but their identity as a citizen of their country. They can hold their head up and say, wow, Look at what my country has come through to get to where it is today. Look at the people who started off just like me as ordinary citizens, you know, who went on to do great things through hard work and perseverance and, and things like that. So it's, it's very important, you know, for them to have a basic knowledge of their country, where it came from, what it was founded upon, and how it got to where it is today. If you are a teacher, um, first off, I want to thank you for all you do 
Teachers are amazing. You play a vital role in raising the generations. You educate the generations. And I know that your job these days is not easy, but I want to encourage you to keep it real. And if you are a history uh, or social studies teacher, I urge you to tell your students the truth. Tell them the truth. Don't confuse your students by putting your own spin on things. Don't confuse your students by telling them that, in your opinion, this person was a terrible person. But they also went on to do this. You know, if you find it, um, don't downplay the importance of history to your students. If you find it hard to tell the truth according to the history books, then step aside and let the school hire someone who will. It's nothing against you, but there is no room. No room whatsoever for someone who teaches opinion instead of history. Now, you can encourage your students, and I have had teachers, I actually had an English teacher who did this. You can encourage your students to come to you privately and ask your opinion, but you should not be teaching your opinion about the Founding Fathers being terrible, oppressive people, or which side you think was right during the Civil War, etc., your students are there to learn the truth as it happened, events as they happened. They are not there to hear your opinion, necessarily. It does come into play, but don't, uh, don't make it what your class is all about, is what I'm trying to say. Again, I had a teacher, an English teacher, a very good English teacher, who said um, on day one, and I don't think he said it too many times after this, but on day one, he said, I'm going to be asking you guys to, you know, write some papers um, that have to do with maybe, you know, personal things or some, you know, papers where your opinions may come into play or asking you to do research or this, that, and the other. And he said, if you need any information from me, I am more than happy to give it to you. Um... If you want to ask me if I'm single, if you want to ask me if I'm married, if you want to ask me where I live, if you want to ask me my opinion on these things, that's fine. I am more than happy to accommodate you, but come to me privately and let me know and, I, and I'll help you out. So he did not teach his opinion, but he left his opinion, uh, he left it open to us us to ask him his opinion, which I thought was great. So, um, all that to say, if you are a young person who's having doubts as to what to believe, can I believe history or not? Then all I can say to you is do some digging. Go to the library and get some history books. Ask someone you trust to help you understand and to make sense of things. And make it a point of gathering information before passing judgment. We went to um, the library a lot as um, as students when I was in the Christian school. We would go to the library all the time. And I read some amazing books. I read a book on um, Amos Fortune, who was a... Um, he may have been... Well, he was a slave who was taken 
he was actually, I believe, if I remember correctly, I only read the book once and it's been years, so if I remember correctly, he was the son of an African chief. And he was taken from Africa and brought to, uh, gosh, I can't remember where. It may have been America, early America, but he was taken into slavery and later on, he bought his freedom and that of his wife and the freedom of his wife, I believe. So I read amazing books and I learned amazing things from digging and going to the library and being curious. So if you're someone who's not quite sure what to believe, you've had all these things bombarded at you, you've had all these doubts put in your head, um, you've heard all these different things, I urge you to... Um, Take matters into your own hands a little bit here and make it a point of studying and looking for things. Um, it's time to toughen our skin, to stop being offended by the truth, and to remember where we came from so that we can have a broadened view of where we are heading. That's the only way. So, um, teach your young children history. If it offends you, well, that's one thing. You can be offended, but teach them history. I had one, um, uh, one friend of mine who doesn't like tomatoes. She doesn't like the, the taste. She doesn't like the texture. She doesn't eat them, really. She doesn't mix them with anything. I, for one agree with her. I also don't like tomatoes. Um, and she recently just had a young child. This child is uh, a little over a year old. But she said one time, um, I've been good. I've offered her tomatoes. And I want to make sure that she doesn't learn to dislike the things that I dislike without even having tried it. And I thought, wow, that's brave and that's amazing so just because you don't like a particular historical character or because you don't agree with a particular historical event or as the case may be that's okay you've made your decision you've you've you have um Made of it what you will, but offer that um, information as it is, not as you see it, or not as you've decided it is. Offer that information to your child or young adult. Offer the tomato you don't like to your child because, you know what? My friend's daughter likes tomatoes. So, your child or a young adult, or your teenager, may not see things the same way you do. And that's alright. That is okay. They are entitled to make their own judgment and opinion, just as you are. But offer them the information as it is. Allow them to see it. Allow them to think on it. Allow them to learn it. Expose them to it. As ugly and gruesome and as uncomfortable as it may be, Help them come to, ter come to terms with it. 
And and that that is how we build and raise people who are well-rounded and who are able to use that type of information for the future and and for current situations that they may face dilemmas that they may face um i'm a big fan of westerns um like old westerns i watch gunsmoke i watch the rifleman have gun will travel all sorts of those kinds of things and my favorite is probably uh have gun will travel for those of you who, who don't know um this guy is someone who um, the main character of Have Gun Will Travel, his name is Paladin. He goes around and travels um, to all sorts of different places and offers assistance, offers his gun to people who need help. Now, he is very picky about the types of people he offers his gun to, and he is not a bounty hunter. He sets his own price, and in fact, sometimes it's one or even $2,000 for his services. So, he is one of my favorite characters in Western movie culture, I guess, because he is very, his character is very well-read. He is a gentleman gunslinger, a gentleman cowboy. He, actually, he lives in a hotel. He's very well-to-do, as a matter of fact, but he makes it a point of, using what he has learned in the past to help him in his present and future situations. He is very well read on Shakespeare in um, um, Greek and Roman philosophy, Plato, Socrates, um, things like that. But he is also very well read in history, literal American history. Um he actually used a tactic that the Romans used that he learned about during his education abroad to help him out of a situation when he was literally cornered. He remembered their, you know, distractions and things that they used, and it helped him, it saved his life. But it also helps him in making judgments. He will also refer to, in, in speaking with people, he will often refer to, well, look, I can't do that because of this. And you are asking me to do this, which this person did way back when, and it didn't go well for them. I can't do that. So do you, does that make sense at all? Does, does, do you understand what I'm saying? Is He is one of my heroes because he studied history, and he learned from it, and he used it to his advantage, not to his convenience, not to his convenience, to his advantage. So something, something to think about there. Um, so, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and call that one good for today. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And I do hope that this encourages you to, um, not be afraid to tell your children where we came from, to help build them up, to help encourage their curiosity, to whet their appetites for learning American history and American culture. Because that is how, I believe, that is how we will regain ground, 
in future generations. It will teach them facts are the facts and truth is the truth, whether I agree with it or with whether I like it or not. And that will give them a foundation for everything else they do in their lives. It will teach them to be resilient and to be um, persistent, whether they like the facts or not. Um, so we're going to go ahead and leave that one, uh, leave it there. Um, if you would like to uh, leave a question or a comment to, uh, to, for me, you can email me at uh, outspokenpodcast at yahoo.com. If you would like to appear as a guest on my podcast, I would be more than happy to uh, have you on. We do not have to talk about politics. We can talk about just about anything you would like to. If you would like to appear as a guest on my podcast, you can also email me um, at, like I said, outspokenpodcast um, at yahoo.com. Do not be afraid to be outspoken, and I will see you all next time.